I got to tell you, Parker, this might be the best time of the year to do this hour show when we focus on recruiting because it's the home stretch for the 2023 class to signing day. The transfer portal is running wild, and you've got team news coming out kind of in bunches as the days roll on here closer to December. And, and on that, um, there, there's, there's two kind of big stories of the day as it comes to OU, right? One, we've been paying a lot of attention to, and the other, I don't think that we've necessarily paid enough attention to. The one we paid enough attention to is Theo Wees, right? Snapchat comes out last night. The official announcement comes out today. He's entering the transfer portal. But I really haven't heard much discussion at all on Eric Gray accepting a Senior Bowl invite. Well, now I'm guessing most of us, you know, thought that he was going to roll on to the NFL after this year, but that that's it right there. I mean, there's your decision if he's accepting the senior bowl invite. I mean, he, he's gone. Yeah, that's and I it. think everybody kind of figured he was gone. And it was something that we talked about since very early on in the 2022 season that if Eric Gray had the season that many expected him to have, of course, I think he's exceeded most expectations, that said, but uh, if he had a productive year, this was going to be it for him in a Sooner uniform. And as you're seeing the draft projections start to roll out, a lot of people believe he could be off the board in day two. And so, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for Eric Gray to move on. He's got one more year of eligibility. But a guy like that at this point just doesn't have a whole lot no, left to he prove doesn't. at the collegiate level. He exceeded all expectations this year, didn't he? I mean, whatever the highest expectations were, yeah, uh, were probably at least a little short of what he actually accomplished. And that's kind of, you know, as you look back at the year, I, I guess maybe in a way that makes the season a little bit more disappointing is if you would have showed me Eric Gray's numbers before the year, because that was easily one of the biggest questions of the offense is who was going to be running back one. You tell me that Eric Gray is going to have that type of year. There's another reason why I wouldn't have guessed a six and six season was happening, but both of those things did happen. Eric Gray had a massive year and a six and six season just happened. But yeah, if he's accepting a senior bowl invite, uh, he's probably out of here. And there you go. The the confirmation that we've been waiting on basically since Monday, Theo Weiss will indeed enter into the transfer portal. We can uh, we can discuss that a little bit more as the hour rolls on. But to get the Air Comfort Solutions text line involved today, 405-651-3439. Like, portal season doesn't officially start until Monday, but don't get it twisted. Portal season is already here. And I've already seen some of you that you know, we're interested in Luke, uh, Luke Altmeyer uh, at quarterback. You may be even interested in Hudson Card at quarterback, who's reportedly going to enter into the portal as well from Texas. Text line, what's OU's best pitch right now to a portal quarterback? And let's all assume that Dylan Gabriel is coming back and that Jackson Arnold will sign in December and he'll be a member of OU's roster next year. What's OU's best pitch to a portal quarterback? You can personalize it to anyone in the portal or that you think is going to be in the portal, just overall. I, I just think the pitch is going to be hard, so I'm wondering how people think that OU is going to go about that. I tell you what, Tyler. I don't know that OU is going to be involved heavily, if at all, but I had a couple conversations yesterday, and it sounds like the quarterback dominoes in this portal cycle are going to be wild. Oh, I'm sure. Like I don't doubt that. I'm talking big names that will be in the transfer portal at the quarterback position. Names that are not currently on people's radar. C.J. Stroud is transferring to Michigan next year. 
That would be a big name. If you can't beat him, join him, right? That might actually get Ryan Day fired (laughs) once and for all if C.J. Stroud were to transfer to Michigan. Uh, Let's see. We down to – what does that one at the top say? Um, We down to number 10, ain't no quarterback coming here. Who's number 10? What? I don't know. I have no idea what that means. I'm not tracking. Uh, Kendall said, oh, I thought you said – I thought you guys said, oh, you didn't need a portal quarterback. I, they don't I, I, yeah, I, I, everyone else is saying that they do, so I'm asking you, Kendall and everyone else, what is the pitch going to be to a portal quarterback when you have an established starter coming back and a five-star quarterback coming in? Because oh, I, I don't know what the pitch is to a quarterback. Kendall, we just read your text. Stop resending it. Uh, he had another question, though. Well, with Gray gone, who's RB1? No one was developed. Guess we'll figure that out throughout oh next God, season. Geez. Please. Javante Barnes had 89 carries for 411 yards and four touchdowns. I think touchdowns. he developed just fine this yeah, year. He'll be I right. would say so. If that's not your RB1 next year, I'd be surprised. But it's also not going to be on his shoulders because Gavin Sawchuk is going to have another year in the system under his belt. And I think I've always kind of figured sophomore year was where Sawchuk was going to really break out. That's a very viable two-headed monster right there. A lot of buzz regarding Hudson Card to Notre Dame, and we've gotten several texts about that. What would you think of that? Um, I think it'd be fascinating. I actually had it in the rundown sheet today. I saw a, uh, I think it was a 24-7 sports article about Hudson Card portal fits. I think Notre Dame would be a good spot. I really do. I think that they run a type of offense that seemingly fits him well. But Oklahoma State, in the article that I read, was the first team that was mentioned. There's some real scuttle that Spencer Sanders is going to be elsewhere next year, either in the NFL or starting for another college football team. If that is the case, did you see enough from Garrett Rangel to award him QB number one? I would say probably not. No, no. Hudson, Hudson Card, man, he kind of seemingly would be a good fit for several schools out there. Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, yeah, I like both of those for him. I wonder realistically, like, who can Oklahoma State go and get? Because Hudson Card's going to have better options than Oklahoma State. Uh, well, think. Notre Dame is a better option than Oklahoma State, so there you go, if, that, if that's the way that they want to go. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you, man, like, we are going to look back a couple months from now, and you will remember I said this on November 30th, Tyler. We're going to look back a couple of months from now, and you will have quarterbacks that have transferred to places you wouldn't have dreamed of. And we're going to have quarterbacks that end up transferring that you would not have dreamed would have transferred. There you go. It uh, is going to be a wild offseason as far as the quarterback Spencer position. Spencer Rattler to LSU, Anthony Richardson to Georgia next year to start. Um, is Georgia going to be one of those ones in the mix, by the way? Uh, For a portal quarterback? Yeah, yeah. Just, just curious. Uh, yes. Yeah, I thought that they yes. might be involved at the portal quarterback. Yes, they will be. They're going to need a quarterback next year. It's so. not going to be Anthony Richardson. Anthony <laughs> Richardson's headed to the NFL. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Georgia will be heavily in the mix for some very high-profile quarterbacks that intend to enter the portal. Shane the Train in Newcastle says General Booty to Colorado. General Booty and Deion Sanders on the same sideline in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, my gosh. Sign me up, please. Let's go. Kendall says, does Micah Bowen still have eligibility? I think he does. He's still, right? Yeah, he's, still, yeah. he's got several years of eligibility. He's got three years. 918, Dylan Gabriel is hitting the portal. Okay. Please right. stop spelling Dylan Gabriel's name with an extra I. Yeah. I, I am beseeching all of you. It's Dylan, D-I-L-L, 
D-I-L-L-I-O-N. Not D-I-L-L-I-O-N. It is not Dillion. It is Dylan. Please get it right. <laughs> Thank you. The pitch does not exist, says someone from the 405. Pitching for a backup quarterback results in Davis Bevel. Jeez. I mean, that's why I asked the question. I, I just I see so much on the text line every day saying, Luke Altmeyer, let's go. And, like, yeah, I agree. Luke Altmeyer. I'd love to have him on add him onto the roster. I just don't know how you make that pitch. The pitch this time around is going to be tougher than it was last time. And you know who they got in the portal last time? You guys just said it, Davis Bevel. This time around, you have a five-star quarterback coming in with a quarterback that started for you at every game that he was healthy last year. So it's going to be difficult. I guess Nick Evers hasn't made the progress this coaching staff had hoped, asks one listener. Now, look, I – what. Did we say something to hint that? Everybody has just kind of accepted this as a foregone conclusion. I don't know why. I guess it's just because we haven't talked about Nick Evers a whole lot. And I think a lot of that has to do with the brilliance of Jackson Arnold and the presence of Dylan Gabriel. Evers kind of ends up being the man in the middle. But still, man, like I, I do not want people to disregard Nick Evers or to think that he has not made progress because the coaches, when they've been asked about Nick Evers, have spoken glowingly of him. So, he is not chopped liver. Uh, is there actual smoke to people saying Gabriel is transferring or just fans hoping he leaves? Asks a I haven't heard any out. smoke about There's him no, actually There's nothing credible su- to suggest that. Nothing credible to suggest that. Guy from Geyer says, wait, Deion Sanders, Colorado, did I miss something? I guess he's been telling re- recruits he'll be at a school on Sunday, and the decision is down to Colorado, Cincinnati, and South Florida. And there's a funny video on Twitter I think Bunky Perkins may have tweeted it out. Like, the Jackson State, um, I guess one of their media guys, like, I, I don't know if he's like a local TV guy or someone that's directly affiliated with Jackson State, basically made a joke that he's been a Kansas City Chiefs fan his entire life, and he asked Dion on camera if he can ride with him to Denver or ride with him to Colorado because the Chiefs play the Broncos this Sunday. And... Like, Dion kind of denies it, but really laughs hard at the same time. I, I don't know. It, like, Dion, like, if you watch that video, there kind of seems to be some serious interest in, in, in the Colorado job for him, which would be awesome for the Buffs. Man, if anybody could do that Colorado job right, they could get Colorado in perennial playoff contention. And that sounds over the top, but here's why I say that. Because Colorado plays in the Pac-12. Yep. Right? So all you got to do is – Blow through the Pac-12 with one loss or zero losses, and you are a playoff contender, if not a surefire playoff team, every year. And that's something that Deion Sanders could do. Well, when Colorado had it rolling in the uh, 80s and then in the early 90s, they split for that 1990 national championship. So think about this, by the way. Like 32 years ago, Colorado and Georgia Tech split for the national championship. How long ago does that seem? Where we played, we played this game where Colorado and Georgia Tech split for the national championship. But all that to say, when Colorado was doing big things, they were recruiting the state of California. They were doing a big-time job in that state. And it feels like they're far away from doing that again. Uh, Clearwater Sooner, best pitch is that the quarterback position is wide open. An unproven true freshman coming in and an inconsistent starter returning. Well, I don't necessarily I don't know if that the quarterback position is going to be wide open clear water sooner, but I appreciate the interaction. 
I think there are a lot of positions that will be wide open. I don't think that's one of those positions. By the way, the text we got about uh, the the number 10 and referring to Dylan Gabriel, I think that was a pro football focus stat that he had like the he was the number 12 or number 10 most efficient quarterback in the sport this year or something like that. I think that's what they're referencing. They're actually saying something nice to him. That's good. I'm glad they were saying nice things about it. We had a Ted Roof positivity hour last week on the show. Maybe we need to have a Dylan Gabriel positivity hour. At yeah, point. maybe tomorrow. You know, we can do that. Yes, um, tomorrow, December 1st, is Dylan Gabriel Day. We will be accepting and reading nothing but kind texts about Dylan Gabriel. So mark it on your calendars tomorrow between the hours of 2 and 3 p.m. How many texts do you think we'll get? Do you think it'll be a uh, one of those where I say, "Geez, Parker, we got a hundred texts in the first segment." Yes, it'll be one of those. Or judging think- by how many, t- ha- judging by how many people interacted with Ted Roof Positivity Hour, I can only imagine there will be that many more for Dylan Gabriel. I hope so. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It is portal season, and I'm interested in what type of tight end OU is going to get in the portal because I. They got to replace a decent amount of production at tight end this year. We'll read you some of Braden Willis's numbers. What kind of tight end is OU going to pursue in the portal? And a whole lot of recruiting as well. Keep it locked right here on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Appreciate uh, all the members of the ref army that are tuned in today across the country. Columbia, South Carolina. What's up, Shane Beamer? Thanks for listening today. Grand Rapids, Michigan. New Carlisle, Ohio. Charlotte, North Carolina. Long Valley, New Jersey. Portland, Oregon and our small Oklahoma town of the day. I have never heard of Quinton, Oklahoma, but basically, Parker, it's uh, out east. So, welcome to the show, Quinton, Oklahoma. Quinton, not Clinton. No. First, at first, I, I, I heard Clinton, and I was like, wait, Tyler's never heard of Clinton? Opposite side, right. opposite side <laughs> yes, of the opposite state. Opposite side. Sounds Quinton. similar, uh, but opposite side of the state. Quinton, Oklahoma. Okay, okay. Nice to meet you. Good, uh, good to be here. few texts before we uh, move on to that uh, tight end portal conversation. Does OU claim a Heisman Trophy if Caleb wins? No, but <laughs> Texas A&M would. And if it was the other way around, I guarantee you USC would use it in some social media post like they did earlier this year. Oklahoma State will probably claim a Heisman Trophy because they beat Caleb Williams while he was at Oklahoma last year. Probably. From knowing and working with Dion since the 1990s, Colorado is the only coaching vacancy I can see Dion considering taking. What I'm afraid of is Dion taking the Texas job when Sark is eventually fired. Ooh, I didn't realize we had one of Dion's former colleagues out here. I had no idea either. On the among the ref mm-hmm. army, knowing and working with Dion is this like this? Shoot, this is somebody that might have played with him. 
I would think. I'm wondering if this is our USC mole. That no, I'll have to go back in the text okay, messages okay, okay. here. That 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 could be what's going on here. Uh, one more, Jimmy from Broken Arrow. Where is all of the Dylan Gabriel slander coming from? If he leaves, it could get really ugly next year. Yeah, because at that point, you're throwing Nick Evers into the fire or you're throwing Jackson Arnold into the fire or you're going into the portal to do battle and participate in a feeding frenzy at the quarterback position because there will be a feeding frenzy. Make no mistake. It is going to be, like I said, a wild offseason as far as the QB position is concerned. And I think like there's going to be a compelling case to just stay out of it. And I think Oklahoma's in a very natural position to just stay out of it. And so if you retain Dylan Gabriel, great. You don't got to worry about that whole headache. Uh, if there is a world in which Dylan Gabriel somehow leaves, then it's probably Nick Evers or Jackson Arnold. Yeah. Now that, that's your quarterback battle right there. You go get someone via the portal, I guess, to, to come in and, and battle it out as well. So this is uh, if the QB position isn't open next fall, we stand a chance to be six and six again. Gabriel is not a winner. You know what isn't a winner right now at Oklahoma? The freaking defense. Yeah, number nine total defense this year. That's not Gabriel's fault now, is it? I'm not, and I'm not. We are not saying that he was perfect this year. No. Was there room to be better this year? Absolutely, there was room to be better. But if you want to point the entire six and six season to blame, like I, I think we got to remember how. Football is actually played. We've just been so accustomed to being bad on defense, but you're so good at quarterback that it masked everything else. Like, Dylan Gabriel is not that type of player. That's not reality of how big-time football programs win. Dylan Gabriel was not great, but how about you put some of the blame on the wide receivers in the defense? Like, there's plenty of blame to be spread around. Do not focus all the attention on Dylan Gabriel. You don't enjoy sustainable success as a program with a sieve of a defense and a quarterback who can play battleship at will, right? In 2022, Oklahoma's defense surrendered an average of 36.1 points per game in conference play. They ranked 120th out of 131 FBS teams in total defense. Just consider that right there. 120th out of 131. You're almost fortunate to be 6-6. Six and six. The Sooners surrendered 450 yards per game defensively. If you think about their losses, West Virginia is kind of the outlier. It was a 23-20 to 20 football game. But think about how many points the opposition scored in all of the Sooners' other losses. Kansas State scored 41. TCU scored 55. Texas scored 49. Baylor scored 38. And then obviously Texas Tech scored 51. You're not winning those no. football games. And, and, and I bet if you go, and what did you name, about four or five games there? I think you named five. If you go look at those five teams and how many points they scored against OU, I bet you would find that that's like the most points that they scored all year in conference or like the second most points they scored all year in conference. Just because Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray were good enough to mask bad defenses doesn't mean that Dylan Gabriel is capable of the same thing. And if he's not capable of that, that does not make him a bad quarterback. Dylan Gabriel can be better. Yes, he needs to be better. Yes, but everyone is to blame for the 6-6 six and six season. Do not place it on the shoulders of one guy. That is ridiculous. 
And it makes it sound like this is a dumb fan base. And it's not a dumb fan base. I don't believe that. It's a passionate fan base, and I love that. But don't look like a dumb fan base because you think the quarterback is the sole reason for the 6-6 six and six season. Go to, Big, go to the Big 12 website and go look at the numbers defensively. They're allowing like over 200 yards per game on the ground most of this year. They were the number nine total defense this year. God, okay, whatever. we got to move on with this, or this is going to be the entire show today. <laughs> oh, boy. Somebody said, at what point is it time to start thinking about a new head coach? Just wondering what that would take. Not saying get rid of BV, but want expectations laid out. Can we revisit this conversation in a year, please? Can we all come to the agreement that it's dumb to even be speculating about what that world looks like in a hypothetical realm one year into the BV administration? If after year two, this is still a legitimate talking point that people want to discuss, that's fine. But it has been one year. Brent Venables is not Howard freaking Schnellenberger. Uh, Elsewhere on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, you guys think there's not someone else in the portal who can be on par with DG? I'm not saying he was bad, but I'm also not saying he's irreplaceable. If he wants to leave, let him. Who said he wants to leave? No one said he wants to leave. Like, why is this happening? Why are we having this conversation? Nobody said Dylan Gabriel wants to leave. The only people that said that Dylan Gabriel wants to leave is the text line. Oh, if there's someone better in the portal. Well, you tell me. You brought it up. Who is better that's in the portal right now? Can, can you name me someone that will be as better as good next year as Dylan Gabriel? Again, yes, he's got to be better. But if you want to point all the blame at him, I think that's ridiculous. I, it, it, it just everything has to be better with this team and this program, okay? And not just Dylan Gabriel. It's everything. Don't allow 200 yards per game on the ground. How about we start there? Yeah. And somebody said, who's saying DG is the sole problem? People are saying that. This listener also says there's lots of problems. DG was one of them at times. Look, everything was a problem for this program at some point in 2022, except for Eric Gray. Eric Gray is the only player that I can sit here and say with uh, C.J. Colden, those two. C.J. Colden and Eric Gray are the only two individuals that are immune from blame as to how Oklahoma's 2022 season went down. The only two. I Okay, I, I'm just trying to find the comedy in all this. Um, and this is great. It's just not sure why all those haters of DG. Um, and, like, there's all these all of these opinions of Dylan Gabriel, <laughs> and then there's just a random, hey, any Bowens or Hicks updates right in the middle of this conversation. Uh, never forget about what the main thing is on this show, Parker. And I guess it's uh, David Hicks and Peyton Bowen is always the main thing. Even, even during a heated Dylan Gabriel discussion, that's always topic number one. Any Bowen or Hicks updates? Um, not really anything to speak of. I, no. I, I, I think that this is going – Hicks has got that A&M visit coming up. Is it a, a week from Saturday maybe or two weeks from Saturday? Whenever it is, like, we're going to be having these same conversations going into signing day. At least I think. Peyton Bowen and David Hicks, I think, will still be having those conversations. Th- those will probably be the main conversations heading into signing day. Here's an update pertinent to David Hicks. His father, David Hicks Sr., roughly half an hour ago, was announced as the new head football coach at Katy Pato, for what that's worth. Not sure really if that means anything with regard to the recruitment of Hicks or Damian Sanford, but his father is now the head coach at Katy Pato. So, I mean, hey, if you if you get those two, 
Maybe you get a little Pato pipeline going. I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I don't even know how many texts are rolling in here. I appreciate all the interaction, but I, I know for sure that we're not going to get to all of them. But real quick before we hit a break, um, I am interested to see what type of tight end OU pursues in the portal because, you know, Braden Willis was one of the most productive players on the offense this year. And before the text line says, well, hey, what about that fumble in Bedlam? What about that drop uh, on the fake field goal? Even, even Braden Willis who led the team in touchdown receptions this year and had the second most receptions on the team this year, yes, even he could have been better this year, much like Dylan Gabriel. But he had seven touchdown catches, led the team, like I said, number two in receptions with 35 for 456 yards. That's a pretty big void to fill, Parker. And I'm going to guess the tight end that they go after in the portal they got Daniel Parker last year, which was more of a blocking type of tight end. I'm guessing that they're going to go after someone in the portal that could be a threat in the passing game next year, seeing as how much they use Braden Willis this year. I would think so, and the name I mentioned about an hour ago when we were on together, me and Steely, was Kyle Morlock, six foot seven transfer from Shorter University in Georgia, a guy that has some familiarity with J.R. Sandlin and a guy that has – Worked his way under the radar for a number of high-end P5 institutions. But I also think you can't disregard Caden Helms in all this because I think that dude's about to play a lot next year. That's just my hunch. Yeah, well, hopefully they have a, uh, hopefully they have a weapon at tight end like they had this year because we saw how, uh, how valuable it was this year. This text says, and do we know Willis is going pro? Yes, we, we know. That yeah, he's out Braden, of eligibility. He's we done. know that Braden Willis is going pro 100%. Cannot return even if he wanted to. Yeah, he can't. But that's um, he had a great year. Like there, there's some guys offensively this year, and I think you go with Eric Gray and Braden Willis that had better seasons than what we were, uh, you know, kind of thinking before the year started. Both of those guys were really, really good. Sucks that both of them are off to the NFL, but both of those guys had really, really good years. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. All of your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Even the dumb ones. We've proven over time that we'll read the dumb ones. More coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Air Coverage Solutions text line. Let's try this again. Let's see if this segment is a little bit better on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. This one starts, I like DeLeon Gabriel. I think they're trolling you. Spelling Dylan Gabriel. Yes, everybody's trying to troll now on the text line. How do ridiculous texts on the text line affect recruiting? They still don't sound as ridiculous as Texas A&M's head coach Jimbo Fisher, I'll say that. Did he say something? Well, I mean, he's he said a lot of things this okay. year. I mean, why would you want to go to a place that wins all the time? That didn't make no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, no crap, it doesn't make no sense to you, Jimbo. Would you trade BV for Deion Sanders, says someone in the 405. Uh, no, I'll uh, keep Britt Venables as the head coach in favor of uh, Deion Sanders. You agree yeah, or disagree? I, I, I would, I, here's the thing. 
Dion is a guy that I think it, it it's going to take the right fit for him to be successful. And I think he's a really good coach, but I also think he's a niche coach in the sense that I don't know he, that he's a guy whose skill set and, sco- and coaching style necessarily translate to every single coaching job in the country. Right? And there, there are guys like that that find their lane and they're able to operate within it and have a ton of success. Les Miles is a guy that comes to mind oh boy. In, in, that, uh, in that conversation for me. Uh, I know Les Miles has become somewhat disgraced in recent years, but yeah. he was pretty dang successful as a head coach back in the day. I think Deion Sanders makes a lot of sense at Colorado. I don't know that he would make a lot of sense at Oklahoma. I think he makes a lot of sense at Jackson State. I think he would make a lot of sense at a lot of those jobs that are in the same geographical vicinity, i.e. Florida State, for instance. Uh, Wouldn't it be awesome if Dion just dominated Muleshoe? That, that would be awesome. That was Like Dion was his new Chris Kleiman or something like that. I don't think Dion would play a style like Chris Kleiman does at Kansas State, but you get the point there. That would be amazing if Colorado just started to dominate USC. Florida State is going to need a new coach at some point down the line. The un- I, th- I think it's somewhat unfortunate that they went 9-3 and three this year because it means that Mike Norvell is going to get a longer leash now. But – Florida State is not going to break through to the next level once again until they make a coach. By the way, uh, there are more and more projections coming out of that being OU's bowl opponent. Florida State, really? So 24-7 came out with theirs yesterday, OU, Florida State, and the Cheez-It. Okay. And then Brett McMurphy came out with one from Stadium that has OU, Florida State, Cheez-It. Hey, that's great. You know what? One side of my family is all OU fans. The other side is all Florida State fans. OU's had pretty good success against Florida State. Yeah, that's the Thune Bowl right there. uh, I'm down for it. Yeah, and now you might be saying to yourself, how at 6-6 is OU going to get to the Cheez-It Bowl? It's a very good question. So bowl games are kind of different than what they were 15, 20 years ago. They used to be slotted, and really the bowl games didn't have much of a decision as to who they could take. For the most part, it was slotted, and you had to take that, uh, you had to take that team. Now that's not really the case, Parker. I mean, you can't take – like I don't think the Alamo Bowl could take 6-6 six and six OU, but it sounds like no. if the Cheez-It Bowl wants 6-6 six and six OU – they have the liberty to, you know, to, to do so. Like, there's more leniency by these bowls to pick who they want to take, regardless of record, now more than ever. So if the Cheez-It Bowl wants OU 6-6, six and six, well, it sounds like they can have OU at 6-6. You six six. ready to talk to Grill Boy? Uh, yeah, I am, actually. He's here. Travis, where are you at today, man? Well, I'm here in T-Town, home oh, nice. of... Uh... Uh, many people in the transfer portal, many people that might be looking to move around. Tulsa, uh, home of a head coaching vacancy. Tulsa's got a lot going on right now. Yeah, when is your interview for that vacancy, Travis? <clears throat> well, that's why I couldn't hop on at 235. Yeah, Actually, I that my, inter- my interview ran a little long. Oh, that's I, I would say that's a good sign. Wait, is Travis yeah, interviewing time. or is Travis interview? You know, it. Maybe he was just interviewing G.J. Kinney for the uh, head coaching no, job listen, up there. If, listen, we heard T.J. Eckert talk about it last hour on the show when he was on with me and Steely. In order to be successful at Tulsa, you have to be able to recruit Tulsa effectively. And I don't think there are many folks out there who have a better beat on T-Town than Travis Davidson. So I think the fit makes a lot of sense at T.U. 
I would allow GJ, uh, JG, GJ. <laughs> yeah, GJ. I've, I've been saying it all morning. I would allow him to be on the staff. I would allow him to be on the staff, but uh, as long as there's no, uh, you know, power struggles going on. Here's a text. Hey, guys, LSU fan. I started listening in 2019. Enjoy your show and that y'all do college football most of the year. Can't wait to have you guys in the SEC. Was Muleshoe running from the competition? Oh, I, I uh, yes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's pretty abs- indisputable. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's our story, and we're sticking to it. Hey, LSU fan, go Tigers Saturday afternoon in Atlanta, yeah, by actually, the way. You know what? Hey, I, I, sorry, I take that back, LSU fan. Uh, Muleshoe wasn't running away from the competition. He was running to USC. <laughs> it's what was best for his family, guys. Come on. He got out of there so fast that he didn't even give Travis his smokers back until a couple of months later. Hey, but 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 we uh, we overcame. We overcame. We we stormed the neighborhood and uh, got him back. One year ago today, Travis was wondering how he was going to get his two smokers back from uh, Mule Shoe. Oh, facts. <laughs> what a year it's been, man. What a year it's been. I'm pretty this sure. This is actually the Wednesday after would have been. So the first time we did the space was a Tuesday night, and we were on that space until like 5 a.m. So. Uh, the Wednesday night space was the one where I fell asleep at like midnight and uh, just muted myself and said, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> and Jesus did take the wheel. Um, I'm pretty sure one year ago to the day, if not to the day, very close to the day, uh, Travis Davidson and I were sitting outside at Campus Corner Discussing the possibility that Dabo Sweeney might be in play oh as gosh. OU's next head coach. He, like, yeah. he, he kind of sounds like he wants another job. He just keeps on firing off like interesting comments, and I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I wouldn't be. I never thought that this would be the case. I guess I wouldn't be all that shocked if Dabo was coaching somewhere else in three to four years. Well, I don't. I don't think that there's a lot of downside to to making yourself either available or seeming to be available, right? Because hey, Mike Gundy's a, made a heck of a living off it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly my point. You you end up getting a lot of raises that are probably a bit uh, more out of fear of losing you than if you just say, hey, look, guys, I'm happy with uh, happy with my situation here, happy with my contract, I'm never going anywhere. You know, that's 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 not that's not a good way to earn that those extra M's in your bank account, but yeah, that was uh, that was right outside. Our our boy uh, Jake McDaniel was with us, and uh, I remember Parker looking up and said, "I think it's Dabo," and we <laughs> we about lost it. No, that was that was a text I got. I got a text yeah, yeah, from yeah. somebody that read, "I think it's Dabo," and I was like, yeah. "You've got to be kidding me!" Now I will say, yeah. there was a there was a substantial amount of subterfuge from within the walls of the Switzer Center regarding Dabo Sweeney. How do you like, think, I, yeah. how do you think the fan base would have handled a six and six? You know, hearing the entire season, hey, we're right on the cusp, we're close, we're ready to oh, go, gosh. we're about to break through and win some games. You think that would have made the six and six season even worse, oh, Travis? Boy. What a wild! I think, week. I, I think watching Dabo sprint, uh, you know, across uh, uh, across Gaylord, watching him sprint across the field. I think they would have lost it. I think instead of throwing balls out the uh, north end zone, they would have been throwing them in there. Little old Oklahoma. Here they are. Yeah, nice one, Patrick. Little old Oklahoma. That's awesome. <clears throat> oh, God. What, what, a, what a day it's already been on the uh, Air Coverage Solutions text line. 
Who um I well, I should ask this. I feel like I know the answer. What is the early spread for Bigsby Owasso? I guess it's not an early spread. The game's like a uh, little more than 48 hours away. We putting uh, Bigsby at a greater than two touchdown favorite. Is Cole one? Adams playing? Uh, I, I not that I've heard. Um, obviously, he was out and very active in the coin tosses and getting everybody fired up in that uh, in that Union game. I have not heard that he is playing. But I mean, when they played in the first game of the season. He was unguardable. Yeah, that first half. Uh, he, awesome. I think he had like he had like ten for one thirty or something like that in the first half alone. Um, and then he goes out and Bixby just runs away with it. So, um, yeah, I think obviously his health matters a lot. And you wonder if you know Jinx kind of put a little bit of a blueprint out there uh, in the regular season as they beat Bixby. Bixby's kind of an interesting. You know, Quagmire quarterback. They've got the running quarterback and they've got the passing quarterback. And this year they don't have just Braylon Presley to dump it off to. That was that was the ultimate cheat code last year. When anything got a little bit of you know stagnant, they would just jump it to, dump it to him and then he'd go score. This it takes a, they they manufacture a little bit more offense now. Kendall says Owasso fifty five, Bixby twenty seven. He's taking the Bixby, uh, or he's taking Owasso plus fourteen, I guess. He's done yeah, like he's taking he a Wasso money line. Good luck with that one, Kendall. Good luck with that. Yeah, Kendall would take Kendall would take a Wasso to beat Matter Day. <laughs> Probably. All right, final segment of Locked In coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas Thune and Davidson today. Travis will be with me on the rush from 3 to 6. Elite Roofing Systems, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's needs. Oklahoma's roofing needs, I should say. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. 405-361-3094 or EliteRoofOK.com. That's EliteRoofOK.com. I already crunched the numbers, guys. Okay. And I'm not saying that this is a likely scenario, but I do believe that there is a world where OU gets all four of its top targets remaining in the 2023 class. I'm talking about the big three plus Damian Sanford, four-star uh, defensive player. If they get all four of those players, they would have the number two overall class as it sits today and by a pretty decent margin over Georgia. Now, they're still not close to catching Alabama. That's how far in front Bama is at this point. But OU would have the number two overall class today if they got those four. What's funny, Parker, is I took Damian Sanford and DJ Hicks off of A&M's class. They would drop from the number 24 overall class all the way down to the top 50 class, or the number 50 class in the 2023 rankings. Yikes. Big oof. And again, there is a world... I'm not saying it's a likely one, but there is a world where OU ends up with those two players and A&M sitting in and real bad shape. There's a there's a certain individual whose name has been thrown around in conjunction with a potential coaching vacancy on the OU staff whose hmm. hiring could go a long way wow. in that regard. About that for a tease, Travis. I, li- I like it. I-, I like that tease. That's That's professional radio right there. Number two class, if you were to get all four of those. Now, Georgia's going to add to its class, as will Texas and the, and the teams in the top five and the top ten, whatever. But 
you land those top four, you're going to have a top five class in Travis. You land those top four, you're probably going to end up with the top three class. Hey, by the way, a text line asked it. I wanted to ask it as well. Let's let's pose this to Travis. There's one other target out there. That's true. There's one other target. I out need there to throw him got. in there as well. The top five. Mike Atiz, Travis. Yep. You got any scoop? <clears throat> yep. So I've been talking to some people who uh, um, are pretty well plugged into that recruitment, and again, the recruitment of other Tulsa area guys, um, and. I think the mass exodus, as he described it, out of Arkansas is really going to affect uh, that commitment big time. Obviously, good friend of his, Miles Slusher, um, he the, the, the safety, uh, wants to play free safety, not strong safety. Uh, obviously had that kind of um, incident with the police. Uh, the, the video's out there. Yep. I encourage people to go watch it. Um, but... You know, he's out there. It looks like he's he's obviously in the portal from Arkansas. You've seen other people leave Arkansas, and apparently that's just the tip of the iceberg. Apparently uh, Pittman is losing a ton. And I know in the transfer portal era, a lot of people are going to lose some. Obviously, we've already seen our own with Mukes and, and Theo Weiss, uh, you know, getting kind of that ball rolling. Um, but I think, the, I think the Tulsa influence – kind of shifting towards Arkansas is is really, you know, whipping a U-turn, if you will, back towards uh, a program like Oklahoma. Well, that would so, be nice, man. Um, yeah, tell me about it. That would, be, that would be really nice because I thought Arkansas was about to do some things in the 918, and they have so far in this 2023 class, what, two of the top five players in the state and two of the best players in the 918 they were able to get, so – yeah, right. yeah. Right. Luke, Luke, Luke won't be coming back to Oklahoma at all. I know no. that much. But, but Micah, Micah's definitely in play. And like I said, with with some of his buddies leaving Arkansas, um, and Oklahoma coming knocking. Yeah, uh, I like it. I think A and M's going to end up with the worst class in the state of Texas amongst Power Five teams, and A and M is going to end up probably with one of the worst classes in the SEC. If David Hicks goes elsewhere and Damian Sanford goes elsewhere, they're going to end up with like the 10th ranked recruiting class in the SEC this year. And the, God, is that not going to be amazing to the see? Best, the best part of that was when Ish uh, Harris, I think, Ish Harris, retweeted something that said, man, A&M kids just got paid and then they're going where they want to go now. <laughs> Seriously. And he retweeted it. <laughs> Jeez, and you man. don't think that's happening? No, that's happening. No, it's uh, it is it's it's definitely definitely happening. A and M's got the number twenty four overall class again. I I ran the numbers today. Without Damian Sanford, without David Hicks, they currently be the number fifty class in the twenty twenty three rankings, which is absolutely wild. All right, uh, you got Travis and myself coming up from three to six. That'll do it for Parker. Keep hammering the Air Comfort Solutions text line four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Keep it locked right here on the ref.